It's Wednesday. All right, one o'clock. Part one. Design graduates, wherever you are. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to go through it all. Don't worry. Just another 20 seconds. Got to allow everyone to get their sandwiches. Not long. 10 seconds. And we will be kicking off. Hello, everyone. Oh, you caught me looking around everywhere. I'm Stephen Drew, and we're alive. We're alive. I've got no time to prepare. I'm only joking. I prepared for this. Don't you worry. We're going to talk about something today that I've been thinking about doing for quite some time. Now, I have a lot of people that talk to me about how to get your first job in industry. I get approached all the time from graduates, whether they're architectural, professional, graduates in the making, part ones, interior design graduates, and it can be even architectural technician technologists, people who want to become BIM specialists. Everyone has to start from somewhere. I had to start from somewhere. And if you were graduating this year in a month or two, chances are you're going to be starting from scratch. Maybe you've had before another job that you've done before your design career that you're going into. And that's good. But in case you haven't found the job before, if you've never done the job search, we're going to go through it all together. Now, as well as that, this is an interactive session. So you can comment, you can drop a question. If I sound a bit crazy or my keyboard's not working or whatever's kicking off, I've got my soundboard here, then you can flag it up and you can let me know that something's not working. But ask some questions as well. So without further ado, let's go on to the topic today, which is how to get your first job as an architectural assistant in the industry or a design graduate, whatever. So chances are you've probably done three years in university. You've learned all about design. You've done your thesis and that's all cool. And you've probably prepared for your end of your exhibition, which is great. But now there's this looming thing coming down the road, which is that you need to get a job for the first time. And you will hear a lot of people talk about CVs. You will hear people talk about, oh my goodness, how many pages should I do in an architecture portfolio? And we will go through all of that and we will talk about the approach and we will talk about interviews and we will do one of these a week until we've gone through every step of the process. But just before we do that, I think it's good to start strategizing the job search. And before we go into the nitty gritty and a few of the questions that I'm sure a few of you might ask me is about CV. Should they be horizontal? Should they be vertical? Should they be A4, A3? What color should I use? You can really go into it and you can think you can overthink these things. But we're going to go at the start and we're going to think about what actually a job search is. Okay. I read a book before called Life's a Pitch. You've all been in crits when you're studying. You've got to present your um, project 
to get your tutors on board or the guest critic. And so that hopefully they go, that's a good project. They might give you some suggestions, but you're hoping that they think you're, it's a good project. Now, actually, the good thing about an architecture degree and an interior design degree or whatever it is, if you've been pinning up work, then you're used to talking to people about projects and in an interview situation, a job search, guess what? You're not pitching a project per se, you're pitching yourself. So what you're doing is you're trying to convince the interviewer, the hiring manager, the architecture practice or design studio where you're going to be working in the future. You're going to try and convince them that you're the right person for the job. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to do that. But that's the first thing that you need to remember is that an opening in an architectural practice means that there's a gap. They have a need then, and you are going to meet them in person should you get an interview to convince them that you are the right person for the job. Now, it, when you're starting out as a graduate, you're not going to know loads of building regulations. You're not going to know all that stuff, but hopefully you'll have some software skills, which is going to be useful that universities taught you. The employer might be looking into your design abilities or your technical prowess. They might get glimpses from it. They might be impressed by those technical details in that module that you've done. And these are all the stuff that you're going to convince the employer with that you are a credible candidate for the role. And also, they're not just looking at that. They're looking at your personality. They're looking to see, do you fit in with the company's ethos? They're looking to see, could this person be the right fit in the future? Is this the type of person that would fit on my team? And if you can convince someone to do that, then you get the job. And you're going to have to do that in an interview. And to get an interview, you've got to send your CV and portfolio. And you've got to design that and you've got to have a strategy as well. So without further ado, it's not going to be just looking at me for um, half an hour. Don't worry, because I've done Blue Peter style. I've got done a little graph that we can go through together and I can tell you all about the strategy. OK, so bear with me. So this I was thinking about this today. OK, and I wanted to break down the process. So what you can see that I've done here, this is you right now. This is you who's just finished your exhibition. You know, you're going to put down that Netflix and you're going to keep on going because you can do it. But you're basically at the starting point. You're hearing about, oh, I've got to do my CV and portfolio. You're hearing all this stuff. You're here. You might be a bit confused. You might be a bit stressed out. This is all really normal. This is the starting point. Okay, now I thought about the uh, um, finding a job and I thought about it for many years. It's a process that we all have to get through to securing a position in the industry. So I've kind of broken it down into steps, okay? And these are just informal labels that I've put on it. So the first step to all of this is the design step. And hey, good news. As architectural professionals or interior designers and so forth, you can design, which is great. But rather than the building, rather than the project, you've got to actually design your applications. Now, applications are typically, and you'll have to forgive my little icons that I found, not the best, but hey, 
we'll deal with it. Now, typically an application, can, it can be broken down into the following things. So in architecture, you need what's called a CV and you need what's called a portfolio. Now, CV is short for curriculum vitae. In America, it can also be called your resume. Um, in short, you need the CV. Now, we're gonna go on to probably next week or the week after what a CV entails and how it should look. But in essence, it's a document where it will talk, you will have your name, your details, and you will show your any experience that you've got to date. And as well as that, you will talk about some of the software you've got. But this document is gonna be about two to three pages. And with that, you have what's called the portfolio. So the portfolio, and let me get out my nice little shiny pen here and let's get a color. So the portfolio is the second bit. Well, that's too thick, isn't it? Let's see if I can, there we go, that's better. So the portfolio is the second thing. The CV is the first thing you need. So the portfolio is like an additional document that you need to send with your CV. This probably will contain the projects that you've done in your architecture university uh, degree. So all them cool renders, you're gonna whack them in and you're gonna put in some other stuff as well, such as technical detailing, um, if you've got it in your projects plans, sections, all that stuff. Don't worry, I'm gonna do an episode just about the portfolio as well, because you can really spend a lot of time talking about portfolios. But So number one is the CV, the second is the portfolio. Now, some people do what's called a covering letter. Now, I don't think you need a covering letter these days, that's my opinion. And you gotta remember that all the opinions I'm telling you here are from working in recruitment for the last eight years and being a part one and a part two and doing the job search myself. So I did a covering letter. So you might be thinking, Steve, you're saying that you maybe you don't need a covering letter, but you did a covering letter. Covering letters are subjective, but covering letters stem from pre-internet days where someone would send a CV in the post, they would send it to an architecture practice and you would have a letter on the front of your CV and it would say, dear sir, dear John McCaslin, dear Thomas Heatherwick, I am Stephen Drew, I am an architectural assistant, okay? So that would be a letter which is normally one sheet of A4. Some people do two sheets, but to be honest, I'm falling asleep by then, you don't want that. So if you're gonna do a covering letter, you're gonna make it a short letter to the point about who you are, what you are, where you are, and when are you available, and why do you want to apply to that architecture practice? And we will cover the covering letter, but to be honest, I think today the modern equivalent of a covering letter is the email which is attached. The email which attaches, I should say, the CV and portfolio. Because chances are a lot of the applications that you're gonna send are gonna be online. Now you might do one or two in person to that um, architecture practice that you've always loved. For instance, if you really wanted to work on Zaha Hadid's architecture practice, you might do a physical portfolio for them maybe, uh, but chances are you can't really do a lot of these physical portfolios and CVs and go to the offices because they take time and energy. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that if you don't feel, uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you feel really strongly about it, then 
perhaps you do that. But chances are you're going to cover more architectural practices um, in, 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 with further reach by sending a digital CV on portfolio attached to an email. So there we go. So the email is going to be really important and you might do one or two physical portfolios. Now, how you assemble this is going to be up to you. I'm going to show some insights in what I've seen work really well, but there is no one way to do it. Now, I touched upon briefly there talking about emails and going in person to an architecture practice to deliver your application. You might do that. You might choose one or the other. Now, the second stage, and I'm going to bring it up again of the job search that I've got is called the delivery stage. I just called it this because it makes sense in my head. But once you've designed your CV and portfolio, you've got to actually get it out there some in some shape or form. So you've got to basically get your application out there. You've got to get it in front of people who potentially are looking for someone to hire. That's the goal. That's not overcomplicated. Now that could be in person, but that's going to take a lot of time and energy. Chances are you're probably going to send an application digitally online, either through a job board or um, directly to the company. Now, the question, and we're going to go into this further, in one of the upcoming episodes that we can do. So don't worry about that. We can go into it in detail. But chances are you've got to think about where, how are you going to get these jobs? How are you going to find these jobs? And then how are you going to apply to them? Now, you might be looking at job boards, okay? Finding vacancies online. You can find them on job boards. You can find them on LinkedIn. But guess what? If you can find it, probably chances are someone else can find it. And let me tell you, if you've seen a part one role on design for an architectural assistant, chances are a lot of people are going to be applying for that because the the it's very easy to find that. Chances are the easier it is to, for you to find a role online means the higher the competition is, the more applicants there are. And, and if, a, if a job gets posted online and it gets 100 applications and you are one of the 100, then you have a 1% chance of being invited to an interview. So point is, if you kind of go off the beaten path and you look for opportunities, um, which are in harder to find locations, perhaps on the company's website, chances are less people have done that because it's harder and you're going to be maybe one of 10 applications and therefore you have a 10% chance of being selected. Sort of, you know what I mean? So chances are, um, put chance in your favor and chances are that if you find an architecture practice, um, which is not being advertising on the biggest, most popular job boards, you're probably going to have more, uh, more chances of success. The other thing that I was going to talk about is applying speculatively. Now, I didn't really know what this meant before going in recruitment, but in a speculative application means that you're applying to a company even though a job is not posted. Now, this is an important part of the delivery strategy because chances are, and did you know that most architecture jobs are not posted online? I think I, I'll have to get the, the exact number, but it's something like 20 percent 10 to 20 percent of jobs are actually advertised online why is that 
Sometimes people just don't have the time. Job boards can cost a lot of money. And some people, some architecture practice will go, ah, oh, why do I put a job up there? Because I never get anything. So don't just wait for a job to be posted online to miraculously send it. Take fortune into your own hands. So in this delivery step I'm on about, once you've curated and you've designed your portfolio, you've got to deliver and get it out there. We'll take matters into your own hands. Go and approach companies and chances are you can actually um, secure a position. Sometimes maybe the architecture practice was about to um, put that job online and you, they didn't need to do that because you sent across your application and they thought it looks good. So they're gonna interview you first and seeing how that goes, maybe you get the job. These are all small snippets and nuggets of information that we will talk to as well. So to summarize what we talked about before, the, the process of strategizing the job search, you gotta break it down, you gotta look at the start point, then you gotta look at designing your application, getting your um, application out there, and then the next step is the execution, okay? And what do I mean by that? You're gonna be delivering your CV and portfolios, but these are like, these are objects. The CV and portfolio is there, to, or the idea is that these, so that the hiring manager will look at this document and think, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what I see. Let's invite this person in for an interview. So once you've delivered it and hopefully it grabs their attention, you've been invited to an interview and now you've got to execute. You've got to be the performer and it is a performance. You've got to be the marketeer. You've got to be the salesman. Oh, that sounds like a dodgy word. No one likes talking about that. But you've got to convince this person that you can do the job. So you have to sell yourself. You have to promote your strengths. You have to talk about your values. You have to, you know, give an insight into the dedication that you're going to have in this job. And you're going to have to walk through that CV and portfolio that you sent before in person, as well as asking a few questions and answering a lot of questions and being present. Interviews are conversations, but chances are, if you've never done an interview before, if you're anything like me, you will be extremely nervous to the idea of going for an interview. I remember being super scared. I'd get my suit and, you know, uh, well, I think I had a tie. I had a tie when I was a part one. You know, you you dressed up. I was very nervous, and I would be waiting. I would turn up early, and I would go through that process. So, um, if you feel like that, that's very very normal, first and foremost. But what we can do is we can talk about uh, tips and tricks in interviews so that you can communicate the projects that you've done effectively. You know, you can you can time it, you can practice it a little bit so that you know what you're talking about. But the most important point that I've learned in life is that you don't overly script things. It's a bit like me now in this live stream. I've kind of put this presentation here, but I'm going with the moment. If someone asks me a question, as long as it's not rude, I can talk about that question and we can go through it together. But in essence, that's what I'm um, 
that's what an interview it is, is being in the moment, being present, showing your work, being engaged in the company, wanting the opportunity and convincing the, the person there that you're the right person for it. And people are, we are wonderful and nuanced and strange um, beings. And what I mean by that is that people make decisions um, emotionally backed up by fact. So the reality is that your work needs to be good. You need to uh, go through questions and answer them reasonably. So that logically, you tick the boxes. Maybe you know Revit. Maybe you've demonstrated that in person. But you need to be the right kind of person. So you have to, uh, for the company, and they have to want to work with you emotionally. And what I mean by that is they got to like you, right? They got to go, oh, that person. I just think, I just think that they fit in. They are um, the material of the company. I think. They would fit in like a glove. I can see them going places. And that's an emotional decision that they've made. They've gone, oh my gosh, I was so impressed with that person. And they asked me all these great questions. They were so excited. And I really think they would do well. See, that's all emotional. There's very little there that was a factual, logical stuff like two years of Revit. People uh, make decisions emotionally backed up by logic. So we're going to talk in an upcoming one about how to do the interviews, executing the interview as well as possible and preparing for it and attending the interview, giving it your all and following up after. So that's another thing in the process that many people do. They don't follow up. They go for an interview. They don't hear back and they don't follow up with companies. And part of being a really good professional and really good practice for you further in your career is you, when you follow up with people, what's the worst that happened? You don't get the job. Well, right now in the process, you don't have a job yet. So as long as you're um, professional, as long as you're um, polite, people don't mind you following up. If you follow up every 10 minutes um, for the, the next four days after the interview, then that could become annoying, but you can just get the balance with things. I'm sure you will get there. Okay, so once you've gone for the interviews and we've gone for all the process, the other part that people do not mention is the decision time, deciding on what company and what job you want to go for. Interviews, especially if you've never done them, you feel like they're very one way. You're looking up to the person. You can't wait to work there. You're thinking, please give me the job. But actually, an interview is a two-way thing. Do you really want to work at that company? Maybe if you went to the job interview when you went in person, like, uh, I didn't quite like the office environment or I didn't get a good feeling from that. Or maybe it's the opposite. You'd be like, I love that place. The energy was buzzing. I'm super excited. So decisions are very important. And what I like to say is make your final decision at the end. I find that some people are very picky and making decisions about who they should send a CV to, who they want to deliver their applications to. And to me, that seems counterintuitive because why should you be picky at the start? Especially if you've never done interviewing before, if you've never looked for a job, it's really good to see more and more opportunities out there. It's like buying a house. Are you gonna basically just look, go look at one house that you think looks good on the pictures on the website? And then when you go in person, um, are you going to go for that? 
Mm, I, I would rather personally looking at really good houses, looking at houses which maybe have bad pictures online, but when you go there, you're like, wow, this house is really awesome. That happens all the time um, when you're looking for jobs. Sometimes the website's a little bit rubbish. You were thinking that you were going to apply for um, just the stock tax. And actually, you've realized when you've met um, a small to medium architecture practice, the website ain't that great. But the people are awesome. The projects are awesome. And the responsibility that you get is going to be pretty kick ass. So maybe you want to do that instead. So make the, your decision at the end. And ideally, you might have one or two or three job offers in. And then isn't that a great position to be in? You have to pick one out of three. And that's the kind of thing you want to go for. Okay, so we've kind of blasted through this. And I'm going to talk about these every step of the way for the next three weeks. So if you want to keep joining me, we're going to break this down together. We're going to go through the whole process. And once and for all, I will have built this course with you talking about um, your, getting your first job in the industry as part one. And I will post this mirror. I kind of like mirror. It's pretty cool. It's called or Miro software is called. I will post this online in the architecture social community. On that point, you can find more resources on the on my website, which is called Architecture Social. Okay, I've made a lot of resources. I've made a lot of previous videos talking about CVs and portfolios, so and all that stuff. And you can access them; they're all completely free. I built this because when I was a part one, like you are now, it would have been awesome if someone could have told me all this. So please feel free to um, go through all the resources and maybe let me know of a few things that should be included as well. So I will have all that information, some final thoughts before I go. And if anyone has a question, maybe it's a good time to go through it now. Things to think about. What is the hiring manager looking for when they're having an interview? Have a look at the sectors that are on the website. Have a look at the company culture. Have a think about it. What is a job vacancy, like we discussed? If you're coming in, maybe you've got kick-ass Revit skills and the company uses Revit, or your 3D visualizations are cool. Then that, all those uh, value adds that you bring as a junior is gonna be really useful to the practice. And how are you gonna fill, fulfill their immediate needs? Can you learn, have you got any software that you've got at the moment that you've learned in university that you can apply? That's kind of short-term fixes, but then speak their language. And I think that's really important. Look at their website, think about their core values, hardworking, looking after each other, building public realm buildings. Maybe they do a lot in the community. Having stuff that mirrors that is going to be really useful and speaking their language is going to be key. If this architecture practices focuses on residential schemes, master plans, which have a focus on rejuvenating areas, then if you talk about passions, which are very similar to that, community building exercises or drawing upon experience that you've got, stuff like that, you're going to be speaking their language. So it's really important to speak their language. The CV and portfolio, um, this is the other things I thought to think about, is what gets you through the door. It's the delivery of the interview, like we talked about, that will get you the job offer. And the other thing that I put on is that on average, one in 10 applications will get a response. And some of those responses are we don't have a role. 
and some of them aren't willing to invite you in for an interview. Hooray! So that's the last thing that I wanted to end on. Get rid of this other romantic notion and do me a favor. You know, there's always that 1% which will break this rule. You know, you'll have that person, that friend that sends two applications, gets two interviews and gets two job offers. But for us, me and mortals like me, uh, when I was looking for a job as a part one in 2009, which was the global recession, there weren't many jobs around. So what I did is that I sent a lot of applications to a lot of architecture practices and I was picky at the end. So if you are like me and you are a me immortal and you do not ha have a mother or father who's an architect or whatever, nice if you have, but if you're a me immortal like me, then probability is going to be your friend and do not be afraid to cast the net wide looking for companies that you've never heard of and sending your CV and portfolio. And once you've done it a few times, it will feel quite normal and there's nothing wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with sending your application to quite a few places. So on that basis, this has been the live stream for today. My name is Stephen Drew and I'm going to be going in a second now. But the last thing I'm going to bring up again is the website on where you can contact me. So I've got a, also a community forum, which I've rebuilt, which is going to, I think it looks a lot it looks great. Um, the important thing is not how it looks. Where am I going with this? Is the content there and that you can reach out to me so that if you're an architectural assistant, then there's going to be lots of upcoming events which are going to be really useful for you to get a job in the industry. If you need anything else from me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. I will be honest. Sometimes I, I miss some emails there, but do not be afraid to follow up because this is going to be good practice for you in your job search. If you need anything, find me on the Architecture Social, which is www.architecturesocial.com. And next week, we're going to be beginning this. We're going to be going and talking about designing your application, which is step number one. And we're probably going to begin with the most important document of them all, which is the CV. Thank you, everyone. I hope you have a good week. See you next Wednesday. We'll talk about the CV. Until then, have a good one. Take care. All right, bye-bye.